Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. everyone welcome to no credentials required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports we are presented by belly up sports in association with godzilla media my name is ryan mccarthy i'm one of the broadcast hosts and to my right is a man who will will mess up a fan if he needs to that is dustin henry dustin how are we doing today that's right that's right it's me and anthony rendon don't cross us <laughs> Don't cross us, because if you do, bad things will happen. Bad things but, happen. <laughs> but uh, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? How about yourself? How's I'm doing going? pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, it's been uh, been a while since we've recorded. Uh, yeah. We've been live, but about three weeks or so. But, you know, I'm ready to get to bit some sports talk tonight. It's, it's, oh, good, yeah. it's a good night to talk sports. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm super excited it's good to be back i'm ready to you know the, there's been the crack of the bat baseball's back we got nfl stuff to talk about and uh yep i'm sure we'll get into some shenanigans and uh frank wycheck he and i talked before the show and he also has he also has input so <laughs> it's gonna be a wild ride well, I hope we get that news laterally. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> where we go? Look all out. of all of Buffalo wants to uh, destroy <laughs> us now. <laughs> Whatever, I've been destroyed before. Anyway, before we continue, I just want to give a give a just want to let you know about our social media channels right down below here on Twitter, Instagram, and yeah, even TikTok. No creds req. Facebook.com forward slash no creds req. On YouTube, it's no YouTube.com forward slash no creds req subscribe like share do all that stuff and if you're listening on our any of our our uh any of the platforms subscribe to the podcast megaphone is our primary hub but we can also listen on apple podcast spotify spreaker google play wherever you podcast and also rate and review if you leave a nice review i might even read it on the air and since this is a live show and this is a heavily engaged uh this is a oh 
So, for us to mention, smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. <laughs> smash responsibly. But Dustin, I know you've been waiting to hear the sound. Oh, I have. In the last three weeks, this is a this is a this is a listener and viewer engaging engagement show. Engage with us. We want to hear your comments. I hit that beautiful, beautiful harp sound. Yeah, folks, just engage with us during the show. Leave a comment. We will if it's if it's disgusting and awful, I'll definitely read it. I'll definitely read it for sure. <laughs> it's one of my favorite sounds. That harp doesn't get oh, old. Oh, absolutely, 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 <laughs> Dustin. Play ball! It's opening week in Major League Baseball, and we're going to do our Major League Baseball opening week overreactions. What's your impression? Well, let me actually, before we get into our biggest surprises, disappointments, our way too early MVP candidates, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll talk about Anthony Rendon and what the crap he was thinking. <laughs> what's your opinion? Have you watched any games? What's your opinion on the pitch clock? Some of the rules? What's your? Let me get. You, let me get. Let me pick your brain a little bit about what you think about this. Uh, of the season so far so the big the big thing here is i haven't watched as many games as i've wanted to but i i had watched primarily yankees baseball and and i was watching a bit of i think it was um diamondbacks it was regional coverage you know sometimes you turn on the mlb network you get what you get but that's i like that i like you know kind of playing roulette i love being able to watch my yankees but uh I like to turn on MLB Network and see what kind of random game they've got going. Or, um, but my biggest, my biggest uh, impact, in my opinion, the biggest impact of, of the change to me, and I'll be very eager to get your thoughts on it. But the pitch clock, to me, I, yeah. I, I enjoy the pitch clock. I really really enjoy it i think it brings a a speed to the game it quickens it up i was on twitter scrolling as you do or it might have been instagram i'm not sure which one of the doom scrolling like you do on social yeah, media <laughs> the social media giants but they had a contrast between an at bat last year and an at bat this year um and the contrast was like it was laughable it was an unrecognizable at bat because the thing that I didn't think about, and I'm sure that players have come out and commented on it. I know Max Scherzer did initially, but it's it's escaping me uh, exactly what he said. But I forgot how much batters could also control the pace by stepping out of the box and adjusting their gloves and doing everything that they do. Um, the pitch clock doesn't leave room for all of that. And I, for one, am a fan of it. I know it takes a little bit of the – perhaps it takes a little bit of the gamesmanship out of the game, like uh, the, the struggle between the pitcher and the batter for control of pace of game. Um, I did have a random thought that I'd, I'd love to see what Hideo Nomo would have done if he had to pitch to a pitch clock. <laughs> but But – I, for one, am a proponent of the pitch clock. I think it does what it was meant to do, which is speed up the game. Um, and I just – I realized I like being able to watch a game at a quicker pace. I like being able to to turn on a game and realize, okay, this could be done in like two hours, two hours, 15 minutes instead of saddling up for something that you know is going to be three and a half hours. Um 
I think we, it, 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 it gives a little bit of a modern take on the game of baseball. And I know baseball is a game more than any other, in my opinion, of the American uh, sports that is steeped in uh, tradition. Mm-hmm. But I like I find myself enjoying the pitch clock that it's there. And also I was watching a bit of a game at the bowling alley in my Monday night league. And I'm like, I find myself looking up being like, oh, there's only three seconds left on the pitch clock. Is he going to, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. kind of like you, you get that same feeling of when a quarterback is trying to get, get the team to the line and you wonder if the play clock's going to run out. I kind of like it. Yeah. We've, we've actually already had one game that has gone under two hours this season. Wow. wow. Marlins and Twins on Tuesday night went one hour and 57 minutes. That's amazing. That's amazing because yeah. that would be unheard of. And, and San, Sandy Alcantara pitched, pitched a complete game shutout uh, that game. And only, it was only a one nothing game, but uh, it was it was a sight to see if you were there at the ball at, uh, at, uh, at, at Marlins Park or whatever it's called now. I can't remember what the name of the ballpark is, but uh, um, it's a sight. It was it was something to see. It's one hour from, you you get there and basically you sit down and the game's over. <laughs> 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 and yeah. Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani has made history already. Oh he's man, the first, he's the first player to to have a pitch clock viol- a pitch clock violation as a pitcher, and he's also made an out. From violating for a, a pitch clock violation in the in the in the batter's box. <laughs> uh, poor Shohei. Poor Shohei. Uh, well, you know what though? He's still one of the best players in the game. Unfortunately, he's on a team that's basically the the lost the San Diego Chargers of the uh, of the AL yes. West. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, and that and that you know and that's the thing too. That's the thing is Mike Trout is also out there, and you have to wonder if he was on a team like. Um, I mean, it's going to sound terrible, but if he was on a team like the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, mm-hmm. uh, the Giants even, you know, um, if he was on a team like that, uh, would it make an impact? Would people view him differently? Because I feel like people just don't understand how good he is. He wouldn't be in baseball purgatory. Yeah. Because it seems outside of Houston – that entire division is baseball purgatory. Yeah, I would. I mean, it 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 is. It, it just things kind of get lost lost down there. Um, but and the the other thing is, like I I know the Mariners. Some people think the Mariners could surprise this year. Some people, but the 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 Angels. They just people know them. If they know them at all, they know them for giving Pujols that huge contract. At least that's mm-hmm. what I've that's what I've found. I don't like. You're right. They are, and I. I mean, this is no insult to their fans or anybody that that really cares. But they they really no, we, are. We appreciate the rally monkey. I know. Yeah, kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except I was not a fan of the rally monkey in what was in 2002. It? Yeah, <laughs> 2002. I did not like the rally monkey. I was going to guess 2003. I knew. No, I, 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 I want to make it. College. I want to make it into a hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was not a fan. And, and you know, Sosha Sosha is a hell of a manager, though. You got to give him that. Um, mm-hmm. But, but. It, it really are. They are the San Diego Chargers of baseball. And, and look what happened to the Chargers, unfortunately. And those, and those San Diego fans showed up for their team every week. 
and and they're not in San Diego anymore. Nope. That's a, it's, it's a very sad it's a very sad thing I think in my opinion. Yeah, they have two of the biggest stars in baseball and nobody knows. Mhm. Barely anybody barely anybody watches. I think part of it is the fact that they're in a bad team they're, they're stuck in a perpetually bad team and the other fact is they play on they play in California. Yes. And I I don't know about you Dustin but I'm in bed by the time they start playing. Usually <laughs> like their home games, usually. You, usually it's the same reason I miss a lot of Oiler games when they're actually on. It's just they start too late. And I used to be the most night owl person um and and it's not like I'm going to bed at at 8:30 9 o'clock but I most nights I'm going to bed by 11 now and and the game is maybe a half hour hour into it you know it just it's it's too late and also they're they're like second fiddle in in uh california to so many things i mean california you got you got the lakers you got the dodgers you got the giants you got all and all those teams carry bigger market shares and then the angels are just kind of they're just kind of there and it's and it's uh, tragic at least they're not the at least they're not the Anaheim Angels anymore. Yeah, yeah. With those goofy with those goofy uniforms they had back in the midnight and uh, the the late nineties, midnight mid to late nineties. Yep, yep. The, with the with the stripes and the yeah and the and the wing and everything and and the A wing. <laughs> and it wasn't was that was Darren Erstad on those teams? I'm trying to remember. They had Jim they, Edmonds was on those teams. Oh yeah, Jim Edmonds. That's right. Before I believe Darren Erstad was on there. Mo Vaughn. Yeah, well, yeah. One was was on that team. Uh, we've got we've got a couple of comments already from our good buddy Snow Brian Snow from Snowman Multimedia. Good evening, folks. Good evening to you, Snowman. He says, "Let's get the likes up when you come in, everyone." Yes, absolutely. Please, 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 smash that like button. Listen, <laughs> whether you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, smash responsibly. Oh, you could also give us. Apparently, you could also give us stars. Uh, to support the show on on Facebook now, so oh, yeah, wow. absolutely. If you could if you could do a like and you can share some stars, that would be fantastic. Oh man, excellent! Yeah, and uh, always nice to see a snowman and in, in, yeah. in the chat. And but and spo- and uh, Shima's plug: Coffee with McCarthy, eight thirty five a.m. on Monday morning. Tune in. Tune, Tune in. in. It's one hour, <laughs> especially this past week, which was this past week was fun. I'll have to post a highlight later. <laughs> so let's get into our overreactions already the biggest surprises dustin i want to hear from you who are some of your biggest surprises whether it be team it'd be individual performances who's your biggest surprise so far biggest surprise for me i would say is i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a with a team to start things off and i for me it's got to be the texas rangers the record is four (laughs) and two right now and i and i will color myself guilty as charged but when i heard that Degrom signed with the rangers i was like okay yeah uh, it was it, one of those it was one of those signs where you're like really texas you're just yeah you're reaching you're reaching. i was like they're they're throwing money and i said degrom he's one of the best pitchers in baseball when healthy and that's been the key thing with degrom the last few years as a lot of mets fans will tell you when healthy it's a big asterisk and also he kind of got he kind of got beat around a little bit in his first start uh Degrom yeah. did on opening I, I day. Watched the, I, I watched that game actually. I watched I watched a good chunk of that game and he allowed four I think four runs and in three innings to the to the Phillies. Yes. Yes. And 
And it, it did not look good. And I'm just like, yeah, this is typical Texas throwing money at things. It's not going to work out. It, you know, and, but there, I mean, then he bounced back in a big way in his second start. And Texas, their offense has been surprising to start the year. And here they are, four and four and two. I, I don't know if yeah. it'll last. Um, but I have to say that was one of the biggest things I was shocked about to start the yeah. season. And, and they swept that same Phillies team in three straight. They they clobbered them on on that Saturday. Oh, yeah. I think it was sixty. Was it sixteen to three? Yes. That game, and then they wound up beating them again on on, on the final days of, of that of that homestand. So or that opening homestand. So the yeah. Texas is definitely one of those teams. I. I if they continue this pace, and again, we're only in the first week of the season. We have our first full week of this season just passed by. If they can, it, can they continue this pace? I don't know. Again, this is it's a long season. It's 162 games. It's a lot of games. It's a marathon. And I mentioned yes. on Snowman. I mentioned on Snowman this past this past Monday. I said, you know, I love baseball. The opening weekend is such a great thing. But by by October, by September, October, you're like, just get it over with already. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that is that Such is a marathon. Yes, it really is, and that's why you know we 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 joke that it's going to be our overreaction because it is you know right mm-hmm. now, but it's still fun, you know, and and it's still baseball to me will always have a little special place in my heart because to me it signifies the real start of spring, you yes. know, uh, and and I always. I always love that time of year when you when you first see baseball games on TV and it's that old saying of hope springs eternal and you know the days are longer and you just feel like you're coming out of the the doldrums of winter uh, because even even winter's most ardent fans would probably admit that at a certain point it gets it gets to be long so yeah uh there's there's not there's not many feelings quite like early baseball i really enjoy it um well in my neighborhood it's not only when baseball starts it's a true sign of spring it's when the ice cream man comes around the neighborhood the winter, oh so yeah the spring, so. yeah 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 good times no, in my no. neighborhood <laughs> and we're there. And then as far as individual performance, uh, there's one there's one player that stuck out to me a little bit uh, to start the season. He recently signed with the Brewers, and he is off to a hot start with his new team. He's got 10 RBIs, seven runs, and he is batting 500 with three home runs right now. He's he's had 18 at bats and he's batting 500. I do not think this will last. But Brian Anderson has had a shocking start to the season for me. Um, he's on fire right now, and uh, you know it, it's so early. You always wonder, oh, are these things going to start? Noah Syndergaard. I saw his first start as a Dodger. He looked. Kind of like the pitcher we all thought he was going to be with the Mets before injuries and a variety of things. And you're just wondering, is this going to last? But it's one of the best parts about early baseball because somebody can jump right out of the gate and sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. Right. But, right. But, uh, what, what about you? What do you think has been one of your big standouts so far? Well, as in, as far as teams go, my, my cousin Matt is going to be super ecstatic when I mention this team. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, they have started the year off four and two. They just swept the Boston Red Sox in Fenway. 
I'm a big Pirates fan right now. Yeah, I, my two favorite teams are the Yankees and whoever beats the Red Sox. And right now, yeah. the Pittsburgh Pirates are my other favorite team. Yeah. <laughs> but they, but I've, I've happened to watch some highlights on uh, the Major League Baseball YouTube channel. I always seem to catch them. So I caught their opening day win in, in Cincinnati. They lost. They, they dropped the last two. They go into Fenway, and they absolutely shock, shock Pittsburgh. I think Major League Baseball in, in particular, especially the fans, mm-hmm. especially fans in Boston going, er, uh, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is best, not how I expected. This my is not how I expected the Red Sox to play. <laughs> I want my cash back. Get my cash back, uh, Kaim. But, <laughs> but Pittsburgh's fun to watch. They're a fun team to watch. O'Neill Cruz. Oh, rocket for an player. arm. That yeah. guy's got a rocket for an arm, although I saw one error where I was like, why did you spike that baseball? <laughs> <laughs> but he's an explosive. He's one, of the, he's one of the more underrated stars. I mean, he broke out last year. He was called yes. up, I think, halfway through the year. And he saw a glimpse of what he could do. But behind the in the in behind the plate, you saw who he could do at the plate. Mm-hmm. He's got base and ability. He's an excellent fielder. He has a rocket arm. He's a shortstop. My goodness i think he throw i think his top throw last year was 104 105 miles an hour yeah first. it was it was it unbelievable was, and it was that, un- I, unreal and i i don't want to be hyperbolic but you you jog my memory. <laughs> you 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 uh you jog my memory about o'neill cruz like i remember seeing that throw last year that he that he just i mean it was a rope um you know what it reminded me of was I was like, you know, who else could throw a ball like that was Bo Jackson, and we all, oh, you know, we all know the athlete he was. And I'm not, I'm not comparing uh, O'Neill Cruz to Bo Jackson. I think Bo Jackson was a once in a generation talent um, and just a freak athlete all the way around, and and a lot of um, just he he his body didn't work like the rest of us, but uh, no. he. <laughs> But O'Neill Cruz has a little bit of that dynamicism to him. Like, you know, you just watch him play and you're like, wow, this guy's a little different. Yeah, so Pittsburgh, decent pitching. Mitch Keller had a great game yesterday, seven strikeouts against the against the uh against the uh Red Sox. Uh mm-hmm. G1 G1 Bay. Uh oh yeah. He's a second uh, outfielder. He's a he's a he's a special talent. O'Neill yeah, Cruz, as speed. I mentioned. Mm-hmm. O'Neill Cruz, as I mentioned, Carlos Santana, uh, not the guitar player, but uh, the uh, <laughs> baseball player, the first baseman. He's um, still real smooth, though. He is very smooth, yes. <laughs> uh, Brian Reynolds, who was a low-key uh, MVP candidate. I'll get to him in just a moment or two. Uh, and it, it also brought back Andrew McCutcheon uh, mm-hmm. to be a veteran, to be a, a veteran leader on this team. So, again, this is for, oh, it's only week one. We're only week in week one of the season. Yeah. But I got to – I got to – I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my eye on the Pittsburgh Pirates this year, yeah, for for this particular reason. They just they're a fun team to watch. They're fast. They can hit for power, and they have decent pitching. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. If Rowenzi Contreras can put it all together, they could really have something because he has um, people that would know a lot better than me say that his stuff is just dynamic. And if he can put everything together, you saw some glimpses of what he could be when he was called up last year for that short, that short period of time. He, he didn't really, he didn't really look great in his first, 
first uh, start or so. But if Rowanzi Contreras can put it together, I mean, what an arm he has. So mm. Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh's got some fun players. Yeah, they'll be a fun team to watch this year. For my biggest surprise to open the season in terms of individual performances, Glimmer Torres. Uh, he was kind of left for – I wouldn't say he was kind of left for dead last year with the Yankees. He didn't have a great season compared to his other teammates like uh, Aaron Judge Arson, or Arson Judge. Uh, but uh, – which, by the way, if you go to bonfire.com and look at the, look for the no credentials required store, you can get yourself an Arson Judge T-shirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, and I made it. I designed that shirt too. Nice. Uh, but uh, but Torres is having a really – Decent, he's had a decent start. 421 batting average. He's got two home runs. He finally hit the 100 home run mark for his career. And he's got six RBIs. And he's getting some hits in some pretty tight spots for the Yankees. And I think if he can continue this pace and contribute, he could be one of the unsung heroes for the Yankees this year, especially if they go farther into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we know the Yankees got, the, got off to that really hot start last year. Then August showed up. Yeah. And they kind of they kind of fell to the earth a little bit, but then they went up salvaging their season, won first place pretty handily. Still, uh, just we're both Yankees. Full disclosure: Dustin and I, Yankees yes. fans, we're yes. begging you, Yankees, New York Yankees, we're begging you, please don't do that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you gave us a scare last year. Yeah, um, we know. We know you have the hitting, just pitching. Come on, uh, and you know it doesn't. It doesn't help that. Obviously, we go out and we get Montas last year at the at the deadline, and he he's hurt. And I believe mm. Carlos Rodon is Carlos starting. Rodon. His, he's yep. hurt. Frankie, Frankie Montas is out. Yeah, he had shoulder surgery. I think he's not going to be back. I don't think he's going to play this year. Yeah. Carlos Rodon, he's he's going to be pitching. I guess he's doing light throws right now. And uh, Severino, Luis Severino, yeah. started the year in the DL with the shoulder strain. So yeah, which Severino, unfortunately, that's been his mo lately. You know, he he just can't seem to. He pitches well when he's out there, but he just hasn't been able to stay out there. Yeah, but there's but there's hope in the Yankees. On, on the Yankees roster. I mean, right now they're in second place. They're only two games back of Tampa, who's off to a six six and zero start. I mean, who saw that coming? But then, but yeah. then again, look who they played the first two games, yeah. the first two series <laughs> yeah. of the year. I mean, it's the truth. They were they played atrocious teams. Yeah. So, but I, I have hope for the Yankees, uh, especially for their pitching. They 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 picked up. Uh, they they brought up. I'm trying to bring up the scoring right now. Uh, for the box scoring, who who pitched on Sunday? That was Brito. Brito had an outstanding start on Sunday. Five full innings, two hits surrendered, one walk, six strikeouts. Giants couldn't seem to solve him. Mm-hmm. And I think if he continues that kind of that kind of uh, uh, those, if he follows that kind of performance, then we'll see what happens with the rest of the roster. Yeah, and I and I will say Garrett Cole looked every bit the opening day uh, ace, you know, in in his start. So that is, you know, I, I tend to be pessimistic with the Yankees sometimes and be like, they never have enough pitching just because we've seen so many hot offensive starts. And we always know, my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, he said, offense is great, but pitching is what you need because yep. offense always falters at some point. And usually my dad's been around for 
in a in a in a month or so here, it'll be for 81 years. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to he's seen a lot of baseball. <laughs> yeah. So and you know. Aaron Judge can Aaron Judge continues his uh MVP uh type performance last year. He's hitting 348 and he has had a home run in his first at bat oh, uh, yeah. this season, of course. Yeah. Of course. You got you got you got you got you got to pick up where you left off from last year. So Yeah. I mean uh, this this could be a very interesting season because overall, I believe home runs have been home runs have been way up to start the season as have stolen bases. <laughs> Stolen bases, yeah. people. Uh, stolen bases are way up, and I and uh, I will say just as a little because I do tend to keep an eye on things in the AL East because that's the division the Yankees are in. The Orioles, the Orioles appear that they're going to be aggressive on the base paths, and they're starting to get to the point where they have some talent there. They have Anthony Santander, they have Grayson Rodriguez, who was just called up. Uh, due to an injury in their pitching staff, he's a highly touted prospect. He looked, he looked good, albeit it was in a loss. Uh, his first inning was a little rocky, but then he settled in and he looked like the prospect that everybody thought he could be. Adley Rutschman is a good yeah. young catcher for five Baltimore. for five on opening day with two home runs. I think it was. He's also, by all accounts, he is, despite his young age, he is a steadying locker room presence appears to be uh, um, taking on a leadership role. So, I mean, I think the days of Baltimore being a pushover uh, may be coming to an end here. Oh yeah. I think, I think the uh, AL East is going to be one of those tightly contested. They're going to be a a highly contested division. You got the Yankees, of course, you got Toronto. A lot of people think they'll win the division this year. The Rays, you can never count out the Rays. No. And the Orioles are going to be – they had a very good – they had a surprisingly good season last year. Yeah. I think they continue that pace this year. Boston, eh, what do you got to say about them? Yeah. Um, but we're going to move on to our biggest disappointments, and I'll lead off this category. In terms of teams, the Philadelphia Phillies, what a stinker they've put up this so far this year. They're 1-5. They were swept in Texas. They took one out of two against the Yankees. But in their th- in the last four losses, they've scored a grand total of seven runs. And that's pretty pathetic. For I wouldn't say pathetic, but that's pretty pedestrian. That's pretty bad for it's what's that? Pedestrian. It's very yeah, exactly. It's very yeah. pedestrian for a team that has such an explosive lineup like they have with Kyle Schwarber and Trey Turner, and I can't remember some other Bryce uh, Harper, J- right? Bryce Harper, J.R. Romudo. Some of the bats they have in their lineup, they're only scoring. You're only scoring seven runs in four in four games. I mean, that's just it's not it's not great. It's not a great start for Robbie Thompson's team. Yeah, yeah. You have to wonder if it's a little bit of the like World Series hangover, even it's though the they pennant hangover. Yeah, yeah. Even though they didn't win it, you know, it, it's tough to come back. But I will say, I and and. Much to my chagrin, I am playing fantasy baseball this year, and Aaron Nola <laughs> is Aaron Nola is my ace, and uh, he he had a bumpy ride uh, in his start. So, yeah, things are not firing in Philly right now. But I I will say they've got some hitters, m- namely Kyle Schwarber. I was thinking about it. He got off to a laughable start last year, and then he caught fire. 
So you never know. That's that's the benefit of baseball being such a long game. I mean, I will call it. I will call myself. I will confess. I was ignorant when the Phillies fired Joe Girardi, and they were, you know, they were not doing well. I said, well, well, that's that's the end of them, and I just kind of discounted them. And then then they started winning games, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, they made the playoffs. And then, you know, obviously we know, we know what happened, you know. It was quite a turnaround. So who knows? Maybe maybe they can catch that lightning in a bottle again. But, yeah, to start the season, not great. Now, in terms of individual performance, uh, Christian Yellick, uh, more like Christian Yuck, <laughs> 23 at-bats, 11 strikeouts. And wow. he's only hitting, I think, two, 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 231 terrible i mean this is a guy who was an mvp uh, mvp candidate a few years ago oh yeah yeah and he's sitting 217 right now um has five hits one has five singles one double no home runs no rbis 11 strikeouts oh that's not a great it's not a great start to this season if you have a a christian yellick fan no not at all and unfortunately uh, Christian Yelich is a Yelich or Yelick. I never figured out what I can the never <laughs> yeah. um, he is a player that I enjoyed watching, especially when he was coming up with the Marlins. And then when he went to the Brewers, he really, he, he had a really great run, but the last couple of years, he just hasn't been able to return to the form that he had. And, uh, it's, it's unfortunate because I like watching him play the game. I think he has passion, but but uh, I don't know what's happened the last couple of years, but he just hasn't been the same. No, he hasn't. And it's disappointing to see what he's been he's been doing. Um, but well, if you're a Brewers fan, you hope he picks it up, but there's other players on the team that could pick up you could pick up the slack too. Uh, Dustin, yeah. who are your biggest disappointments so far? Uh, my biggest disappointment, and again, this 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 skews heavily towards my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy had a great season with the Oakland A's last year. I believe it was the Oakland A's, and uh, he signed a contract with Atlanta. The Braves paid paid him handsomely to have him come be their backstop. And he is currently off to a start. He has one RBI, so he does have an RBI, but his average is 100 right now. Yes, you heard that right. His average is 100, and he has a 350 OPS. So he's not exactly lighting it up. And um, you have to wonder if maybe he's he's trying to live up to the contract he got, but I do think he is a good enough player where he will right the ship to some degree, especially at catcher. Um, your batting average isn't – I think if you're batting 250 as a catcher, you're like really doing something. You know, I, I don't know what it is about that position. But, yeah, Sean Murphy, I would say, uh, probably not the way he wanted to start the season after signing that big contract. I'm trying to find, in terms of pitching, um, the worst performance so far. And uh, I would say it's Justin Verlander because he didn't even get to start for the Mets. But you know, oh, 
Spencer, no, the worst performance so far is Spencer Turnbull oh. of Detroit. 0-2 with a 13.5 ERA Oof. and a whip of 2.25. And he's 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 allowing an a two a 394 average batting wow. average to whoever he faces. Now it's not as bad as Miles Mikolas of St. Louis, who was allowed a 413 batting average. Yeah, that she uh, was opponents. That's not great either. Uh, uh, Flaherty comes to mind. Uh, Jack Flaherty, I think he also did not look good in his return return start. I believe he's also on the Cardinals. If I'm thinking of the right the right pitcher, so yeah, there's been a couple uh, bad pitching performance, but poor poor Spencer Turnbull. It's going to take him. To bring that ERA down, it's going to take him like half the season. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's, it's, it's. I always say. I always say. Uh, you know, in in my mind, I feel like pitchers' ERAs are kind of like the inverse of of uh, bowling averages. Bowling averages take forever to go up, and they can go down real easy. And uh, ERA is kind of the opposite. If you it, it can balloon up real quick, and it takes forever to come down. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're gonna move on to our way too early MVP for this year. Um, I'm curious to, to find out who you who your your uh, way too early MVP of the league is uh, there, Dustin. Oh, I have to say uh, it kind of spills over from my best individual performance so far. Brian Anderson, I do not think that this will hold up, but anytime you got a 500 batting average in the first in the first uh, first week of the season, I think it was three home runs, 10 RBI. You, you, those are some crazy numbers. If he were to somehow keep up those that pace, that would be uh, that would be an all time season right there. Yeah, <clears throat> I mentioned him earlier. I my very early MVP candidate is Brian Reynolds of Pittsburgh, four seventeen batting average, four home runs, seven RBI so far this season. His bat is on fire. <laughs> all right, if I had any faith, and maybe I don't because I'm just crazy, but I will bet you. A, a a bag of Invader coffee of your choosing. <laughs> this is the this is the battle of the Bryans. Let's do it. Okay. I'll take Anderson. Okay. You take Reynolds. I'll take I'm Reynolds. Gonna, I'm going to lose this bet. But hey, battle of the Bryans. Uh, better overall season. Uh, we'll we'll take home runs, batting average, and RBI. How's that? Sound? So we're going triple crown. We're going the yeah, triple crown. Yeah. The Bryans triple crown. <laughs> yeah, battle of the battle of the Bryans. Battle of the Bryans. So you may as well send me the coffee that you want now, because oh I, please, I'll, I'll take the uh, <laughs> I'll take the Day of the Dead, please. You want you want the whole bean? Yeah, whole bean, whole okay. bean. I, I'll speak, okay. Make sure my coffee's whole bean. All right, all right. And before we move on to our first commercial break, we gotta talk about this incident that happened over the weekend with Anthony Rendon of the Los Angeles Angels. Having an altercation with a fan in Oakland, uh, he was served a four-game suspension. Uh, the Rendon accused the fan of calling him the B-word. 
Yeah. And then apparently he took a swipe or yeah, before I, he walked away from the fan. Apparently, uh, apparently he grabbed he grabbed the mm-hmm. shirt collar of the fan. And this is what he said after the game. This is what he said uh, upon his suspension. He said, quote, it sucked. My emotions got the best of me. I usually I, I'm usually pretty good about interacting with fans. Have fun, dot, dot, dot. Have fun with it. But the gentleman and I, we spoke on the phone. We both apologized about what happened. And so we're both ready to move forward. You don't put your hands on a fan. No, no, you can't. Uh, you can't. And I, I will say, I will say, I think in general, fans are getting a little too out of hand in some cases. Fans, yeah. just because you bought a ticket to go to the game does not give you a license to say like horrific things to people. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't be able to do that at our jobs and get away with it. But still. You gotta realize it comes, and it's easy for me to say because I'm not uh, not a famous person. I'm not a person that has to play in front of crowds each day. I'm not, you know, who knows what was going on in Anthony Rendon's day. But you have to know it's it's part of being a professional athlete. Things like that, you're going to get things said to you, whether it's right or wrong. You're going to have to deal with things when fans cross the line. It's a, it's a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan, you have the right when you when you buy a ticket, you have the right to your seat. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have the right to go after uh, go after players. Uh, you especially don't have the right to uh, hop on the field between innings and propose to your girlfriend on the field. I don't know if you saw that clip, Dustin. Oh, I did not. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh I got to bring up that clip. <laughs> this Dodgers fan in, in Los Angeles during, I think it was, I think, I think it was either Friday or, or I think it was either Thursday or Friday decides to become a fool <laughs> and go onto the field between innings and propose to his girlfriend and he gets absolutely melee by security. Uh, he couldn't Beautiful dodge tackle. security. <laughs> Beautiful tackle. Oh my goodness. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, this is uh Dodgers fan proposal. You gotta look that up. I'll bring it up. I'll, I'll bring it up. Right. Oh man. Oh, but this was just but yeah, you you don't just because you pay for a ticket, it doesn't give you the right to go after a player, it doesn't give you the right to, I mean. You can heckle them. You can heckle players. You can be you can be jo- you can be jovial, but you can't call them a, a, the b word, yeah. and you can't say absolutely despicable things to them either. Yeah, yeah. And let's as a podcast. I mean, this is going to be a pretty easy stance to take. So I know you're with me. Let's just refrain from saying anything to the players' families when they bring them to the stadium, please. Especially the players' families. Yeah, yeah. That's, just, that's that's because they're they're just, they're there to enjoy their families. They're there to watch their family, and you don't go after the player. I mean, I remember back in the day. I think it was. I mean, even Yankees fans were going after A Rod's ex-wife at oh, one yeah. point. I remember yeah. that. That's I was like, that's horrible. No, that's, why would you do that? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to play this clip. Oh, man. Wait for it. 
Bam! <laughs> he stuck him. Man, the NFL's got to look that guy out, huh? Give him a contract. They're the number one pick in the NFL draft. <laughs> Carolina Panthers select this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I want to see that again. I want to see it again. Oh, pancake. Pancake. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got to love the little music that comes on after it. Yeah. So, moral of the story don't do stupid stuff like this, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. We're going to come back. We're, when we come back, we're going to talk about some, uh, we're going to talk NFL. And we'll uh, close up the show with a pretty fun topic. I I, I think uh, would be uh, to say the to say the least. So we'll uh, have this word from Invader Coffee, and stay tuned for more. No credentials required. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler. Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. That's right, folks. Invader Coffee, a proud affiliate sponsor of this particular podcast. And you can use the show, you can support the show by clicking on the link in the description, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or you're listening on the podcast side. Use our affiliate link, and you save 15% off your order at checkout with the promo code BELLYUP. Get yourselves some excellent coffee. Dustin, I don't know about you. I've, I've actually ordered a new uh, a new flavor today. It's called the Outsider Blend. And with every, with every purchase of this particular bag of coffee, you could win yourself a muscle car. And look at the car right now. I'm gonna show, actually, I'm going to share the page. This car, this is, it's a, it's a Chevy uh, Camaro SS. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. Look at that thing. Oh man, that's looking good. That is a dynamite looking car. And yeah, I'm anybody gonna, could I'm gonna have to order a bag. Oh, I ordered a bag today. So yeah, for every one bag equals one entry for this particular giveaway. And again, use our link in the description. That helps out the show. We earn a little bit of you know, I'll, I'll I'll say we learn a little bit of a little bit of coin for every order we every order we, we get. And you use the promo code BELLYUP to get 15% off your order. So, yeah, invite Invader Coffee. Get yourself some coffee. Get the Outsider Blend. One bag equals one entry for the muscle car giveaway. Uh, I can't wait to win this car. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Bryce Stradamus predicting it right now. Uh-oh. Here we go. But what are you going to do, though? hear it in the distance <laughs> what are you gonna do though if in the battle of the bryans you win and then i buy you this outsider coffee and i win the car 
I'll say thanks for the coffee. We're no longer friends. <laughs> oh, you don't want to ride my car? <laughs> well, only if you're offering. Oh, man. No, but seriously, folks, get yourself some excellent coffee, air-roasted, premium beans made from the best beans on earth. You want it's great tasting. It's a great tasting coffee. You want to get yourself some. So hit the link in the description. Use promo code BellyUp get fifteen percent off your order, and you can win yourself a, a Chevy Camaro SS. What's, what's not the, the like? What's not the like? What's not the like? All right, so let's talk some NFL, Dustin. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm being held hostage uh, with this Aaron Rodgers to the Jets situation. It's I keep hearing week after week. Oh, a deal will be done by the end of the week. Oh, a deal will be done by the end of the week. It's been a, it's been almost a month since we first heard this news that Aaron Rodgers wanted to go to the New York Jets. And I'm as a New York Jets fan, I'll be privately on it. I'll be I'll be upfront and personal. We I've I've done Victory Mondays on this program on this particular podcast with my buddy Dan. I would get his opinion, but I feel like I'm being held hostage. <laughs> And I'm I, I just want this deal that I just want this deal to go through. Yeah. And I I'm mean, sure you're I'm sure as a football fan, you're sick of hearing about it too. So I want to get your I want to get your get your what what you're thinking about that. About yeah, and I mean I kind of I'm with the Jets on this one though, because I've heard and you in and maybe you can fill me in as as a person who follows the team more, but I've heard that the biggest the biggest hang up on the deal not being done is the compensation. Because yeah, reportedly the, the Packers want a first round pick. But how can you I am with the Jets? How can you 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 cannot use you cannot give away a first round pick for yes, he's Aaron Rodgers, but he's also Aaron Rodgers that's 39 years old. He's also Aaron Rodgers that is at the stage of his career that does that he he decides year to year and no slight against him. There are there are players that do this. But they decide year to year whether they're going to play or not. So you can't you can't give up a first round draft pick for what what could be a long term rental. You can't do that because you don't know whether you're going to have Aaron Rodgers beyond a year or not. As far as I'm concerned, it's, the two, what is it? Two second round picks that the Jets are willing to the, the Jets are willing to give up two second round picks, one this year, one next year. But it's a and I believe a fourth round pick. That's conditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could turn into a first round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays both years of his re- the two years of his remaining contract, and they go to the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's that's reasonable. I, I don't. I'm just going to say it. I don't know much about. I don't know much about the team, but it seems to me, it seems to me that as a as a GM. Brian Gunakurst is or is not good at his job. He, he he isn't. First of all, he soured negotiations. If you believe him, he said that he tried to reach out to Aaron Rodgers multiple times, but he clearly they clearly did something to completely sour Aaron Rodgers on a team that he loved to pay play for. And some of it's on Rodgers because the rumor is that he took it as a personal affront that they drafted Jordan Love, but at some point you got to realize, you know, Aaron, you were on the other side of it. You were the future when Favre was playing, and he yep. he took it he took it much the way much the same way you're taking it now. But other than that, Brian Gunacorst is just he's 
he seems to have just widened the gap between a quarterback that they say, oh, we we would love to have Aaron back. We want him back. And then and then just to be like, oh, he's not he's not coming back. He's but then you're almost like the spurned. um, I don't know how to put it. Maybe like the spurned girlfriend that says, oh, well, if you're going to move on, then I'm at least going to get. I want to keep the ring and I want, you know, I want the house and I want the dog and then mm-hmm. you can move on. You know, it's like, you can't, uh, it just, uh, I, he, he seems to be just bungling this in every way possible. <laughs> yeah. It's a, the situation's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's the deal's going to happen. That's yeah. my, that's my positive. I'm my, I think expectations it's temp- to, yeah. my expectations are temp. My expectations. Yeah. And I've said this before, my, my, enthusiasm is very tempered at this point because of the fact that he's not it's not official yeah but yeah at the same time the the three biggest hang-ups are the contract aaron Rodgers' contract because if i guess on june or july 1st he's his roster bonus and his contract is worth 60 million dollars for this year alone it's like 59.525 million or something like that so that's the one of the biggest hangups. So I think they're trying what they're, tra- they're just trying to do is re is they're trying to restructure the deal so they don't have to pay as much because that's that's Joe Douglas's mo is not having to overpay for players. And the other thing is the compensation. It's the draft. It's the draft pick compensation. So you got two little hangups, and as a fan, you just want to get done because we we don't want to Jets fans. We don't want to see another season of Zach Wilson overthrowing players or throwing interceptions to other teams. Mm-hmm. We can't th- this franchise this this fan base is already star-crossed and snake-bitten enough. We don't want to see that anymore. And we were promised in this era that Joe Douglas came into and he's done a really de- he's done a really great job. Last year's most of last year's draft picks, they all hit. They all hit in different ways. So, we want to see this team win. We want to see this team succeed. They're not going to do it with a with a bad quarterback. Yeah, and I know they say that we we believe in Zach Wilson. We want him to develop. We want him to get better. You're not going to do it. it, It's not going to be done if he doesn't have somebody to mentor him. Joe Flacco did his did his thing great. Thank you, Joe Flacco. We appreciate your help. We appreciate all the years, the three years you were here in in uh, in in Florham Park. But. If you really want to succeed, you gotta bring in this kid's childhood hero. His childhood hero was Aaron Rodgers. And if you bring somebody like him in, you can teach him how to prepare for games, you can teach him how the nuances of the quarterback position, what to look for. It, it, it would be a it would be a great thing. But I'm just at this point, I'm just I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm I'm Way day after day after day, if it's like day day thirty four of Aaron Rodgers watch or day thirty, you know, it's get the deal done, guys. Come on, be adult. Yeah. Get the deal done, and we'll see you at training camp. We'll see you at OTAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this this whole thing. I mean, Alan Lazard is on the Jets now. They signed they signed a, a former backup QB who was backing up Rogers at one point. Like there, there are just so many things that the jets are trying to do. And Aaron also has gone out and made his intentions clear. So 
you kind of pass the point of no return. What's he? What's he going to do? Go back to Green Bay? He's not going to go back there. And Green Bay yeah. supposedly doesn't want him anymore. Yeah. But they're trying. And, but they're trying to get everything they can for him on the way out the door. Yeah, um, and, and and I remember from the McAfee interview, he said he said I love I love my time in Green Bay. I got nothing against the fans of Green Bay, but they made the decision two years ago when they drafted Jordan Love. They were going to move on for me, and we just. And eventually we're going to have to come to an agreement of when that was going to happen. And now is the time to happen. He yeah. wants to join the jets somehow, somehow the, the try, the, the triumvirate of Woody Johnson, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, who by the way, looks looks if you saw that picture from within the golf course today, Robert Sala looked absolutely yoked. <laughs> <laughs> I would not want to fight him. No, uh, no. <laughs> uh, but this triumvirate convinced him to say, Hey, Come join our team. Look at our defense. We this is a top. This is a top ten defense. It could be a top five defense with the right tool, right with the right players in place in twenty twenty three. This offense is young. This is a young squad. They're hungry. They just need the right player to motivate them to the next level. The next level right now is playoffs. I can you could argue division. You could argue argue division title, but I think they're at least a year away from that. And Buffalo is going to be tough. Miami is yeah, okay, and New England's falling back. We'll get to the, we'll get to that in just a second. But this is a team on the rise, and Aaron Rodgers wants to join a team that's on the rise. I mean, I know they I know they were stiff in the they stepped the Super Bowl over the last couple seasons, but they can't seem to get over the hump. And I think if they, they joined this Jets team, who is hungry and young and wants to win, he could put them over the top. Yeah, he could. He could, and I mean, I I think they are. I mean, they would at least have, in my mind, they would have a realistic shot at the division. I don't want to get your hopes too high, but let's say Brees Hall comes back and and is what he was, and that defense continues to gel and improve and, and just play at the level that they were playing. You had a quarterback to that mix. It's going to be – it's going to be – a tough combination to beat. And as you said, I mean, Buffalo will be tough in that division. There's no question about that. But the Dolphins Dolphins have have a team. Uh, they showed it last year, but their big, their big wild card is the quarterback situation. I mm-hmm. mean, you have to wonder if Tua, uh, if Tua comes back next year, if he's, if he's what he – was to start the year and also new England. Yes. Like you said, we'll get to them. We'll get to them in just a, uh, just a moment. But I think you would have a realistic shot at, at bare minimum wild card, uh, but also a realistic shot at the division title, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers watch continues. Let's talk about some of the big name stars who are free agents currently. Ezekiel Elliott, Odell Beckham Jr. Those are the two big stars that are out there. Still free agents. Do you have a prediction as to where you think they'll wind up? Well, I'm going to say it. I almost fell for that April Fool's joke that said Ezekiel Elliott signed with Philly. I was very uh, (laughs) – I thought it happened. It looked – it looks genuine, and I was like, "Wow!" Uh, hmm. But uh, I don't, I don't know where he's going to end up. I don't have because honestly, okay, I'm going to make a little bit of a of a of a comparison here. But to me, 
Like I think, I think Lamar Jackson is probably going to become, or he's probably going to be a Raven next year in spite of everything, because what other team out there is going to sign him? It's just the mark, the, the market's not there. The demand is not there. The Jets are in on Aaron Rodgers. And Joe Douglas said, we will not turn around and negotiate with Lamar because that would be bad faith nope. to both, you know, and, to both parties. And another team that has already said we're not going to negotiate for Lamar Jackson is the New England Patriots. Yes. Uh, the market appears for whatever reason, and we've talked about it on previous episodes of this very podcast, the market for Lamar Jackson is not there. So it appears that unless a team like Atlanta comes out of the woodwork and 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 decides to make a deal for Lamar Jackson, it appears that he will be a Raven next year. And I felt, I always felt that way with Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. I felt like the one team that was going to stick by Ezekiel Elliott, no matter what, was the Cowboys because – uh, Jerry Jones gave him that contract. Jerry Jones loved him. So Ezekiel Elliott. But yeah. now that the Cowboys have said, hey, thank you. We'll allow you to pursue uh, opportunities elsewhere. I don't know of another team that's going to pick him up because the problem is, and I'm not, and I'm not saying this is nothing against Zeke as a player. But the only scenario that I could see him being brought in is a team that has another younger established running back and they want to bring in Ezekiel Elliott to to spell him, to be a backup, to be a change of pace back. And I think I, I am making a leap here, but from what I understand, Zeke still views himself as an every down guy. So Yeah, and he's not. Yeah. He's not. And I and I don't know. So I don't really know where there's a need for him. Do I think? Do I think it, he could be he could be good in Cincinnati if you pair him with Joe Mixon? Of course. Yeah. But I think he's gonna he's gonna want to go somewhere where he can be the starter, and I just don't know where that is. No. At this point in his career, he's a short yardage runner. He, I believe, he had the most touchdowns this year within in the five within the five yard line, mm-hmm. um, but that huge contract that absolutely destroyed the cap room for the Dallas Cowboys. And they had the great rookie year in 2000, what, 2016? I think I want to say or 2015. Yeah, I think it was something. Hold on. Let's take a let's look. look. Let's look. Let's look like a visit to profootballreference.com <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, find out 2016. Yep. So 2016, uh, okay. he wins rookie of the year. He has over 1,600 yards. Great season. Offseason in 2017, leads the, leads the league in rushing in 2018, 2019, has another great season. And then you kind of see the 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 decline the, yeah. the in his running yards start to start in 2020. And granted, it was a COVID, it was a, it was a, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I won't say the word because yeah. we'll get, we'll get tagged, we'll get tagged with the, what is his information about this thing? Oh um, no! Yeah, yeah, that. So the the tail you could see his decline, and with the rise of Tony Pollard over the last two years, especially, mm-hmm. you could see he wasn't going to be the he wasn't going to be the every every down starter. Uh, he's twenty. He's twenty seven years old, which in, in running RV, back years, yeah, you, you consider him old. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it, and plus you don't overpay you don't overpay running backs. He thinks he's I think he thinks he's still worth 15 million dollars a year. He's not. I'm sorry. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know I really don't know what the landing spot for him could be. Now, Odell is a different matter. Yeah. Uh because Odell whether you love him or hate him as a player, uh he clearly still has talent. He showed that when he was on the Rams. He his time in the Browns in a Browns uniform, people like to lay some of it on Odell, people like to lay some of it on Baker. I don't think we'll ever fully understand the the miscommunication that happened between the two of them. But I think he he to some degree rehabilitated himself when he was in St. Louis or Jesus, not St. Louis when he was in LA. Um <laughs> <laughs> Stan Kroenke. But anyway, um, yes, Stan. I think, and I know it's just the thing, but I am intrigued by this. Yeah. They, they said that there was interest from the New York Jets. Yeah. And yeah, I could I've see heard. that. I could see that being a fit. It's a team where there are other weapons so that he doesn't have to be number one. They have some other ways to to move the ball and if they have Aaron Rodgers you think Odell's not going to listen to Aaron Rodgers you think they're not going to try to get a rapport together I think they will mm-hmm. and because um Odell did some great things with Eli Manning and I would say Eli Manning no disrespect to him uh love him I'll watch the Manning cast of Monday Night Football all day long And we love Chad Powers on this podcast, but Aaron Rodgers is a superior quarterback to Eli Manning. Now, I and also Odell knows New York. Didn't it didn't didn't always go swimmingly in his time with the Giants, but he was also a much younger man. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe he's learned a few things over the years. Maybe he's matured. I think the New York Jets could be a realistic landing spot for Odell Beckham Jr. They, they've said the same thing about the Ezekiel Elliott, too. The, the three teams they linked them to are the Eagles, the Bengals, and the Jets. And uh, if you ask me if I want uh, if I want uh, Ezekiel Elliott on my team, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Bishop Bowenkle speak for me. <laughs> Hell no, no, no. Get Bishop Bullwinkle. Now we gotta get to this story that kind of I wouldn't say broke, but just kind of developed over the last couple of days in Mac Jones possibly being put on the trading block because of some disagreements he had with Bill Belichick over this over this year, uh over this past year. Um for, for Belly Up Sports, Caleb McChesney, he's our beat writer for the New England Patriots, wrote an excellent article on why the why the Patriots should not give up on Mac Jones. And Dustin, I don't know if you've heard much about this story, but it's I kind of not. fast developing. Would it be a mistake for the Patriots to trade Mac Jones, or does Bill Belichick have something different up his sleeve? Okay, I'm going to say this with a with with all due respect. I have not been I have not been a Belichick hater. He hasn't been at the top of my list. I always thought it was ridiculous how he dealt with the media. You cannot deny though, he is one of the 
he he will go down possibly as as possibly as the greatest football coach of all time when things are said and done. If not, he's at least top five. Okay. But I think the, the marriage of Brady and Belichick was a perfect marriage. You know, his, his success without Tom Brady, people like to go to that Cle- that season in Cleveland. Oh, look, was he, look what he was building. That's a long time ago. The other the the other success was with Matt Castle when they took that Patriots team and went 11, 11 and five or was it ten and ten and six I can't remember and missed the playoffs that one year it was ten and six yeah with Matt Castle but other than that his rate of success without Tom Brady has not been that good and I think he I don't want to say he's lost a step I think as a coach. He's still one of the best schemers out there. But yeah, I think he's one of the best defensive schemers, top, I, hands down. Yeah, but I think as a GM, look at their last few drafts. He hasn't necessarily hit home runs. No. So I think it would be foolish to give up on Mac Jones this, this quickly. Um, Mac Jones is still young. By all accounts, he's got talent. I remember when... Uh, he ended up going to the Patriots. People said, well, of course this happens. He's the perfect fit for Bill Belichick's system. But also, you can't put a lot of this. Maybe he did have some disagreements with Belichick last year, but how could you not? You had a co-offensive playmaker, uh, offensive play caller. There was no identity to the team's no. offensive scheme. No, you, you had Matt Patricia call and play. Yes. You had Joe Judge as quarterback coach. Yeah. Why? Uh, how How Why? is that expected to work? It's so, not. It's untenable. So, it's an untenable situation. They bring And they bring in Bill O'Brien. You know, yeah. God bless him for his time in, in Houston and went to Alabama. And now he's back with the – Back with the Patriots. Yeah. He spent uh, so some time at Penn State too, did he not? I'm he was head coach at Penn State during yeah. the transition of the paternal years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But uh so I I think I think Belichick needs to he's always by all accounts, he's always been kind of a taskmaster master, but I think he kind of needs to let his let his let his young quarterback speak here because he developed that rapport with Tom, but maybe it was just that Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick were the were the perfect marriage of personalities. But yeah, I think Tom, it would be yeah. foolish, and I think I don't want to go so far as to say Bill Belichick has lost touch with the game because clearly he hasn't. But I think maybe maybe having somebody else make draft draft decisions and GM. maybe he needs to re- relinquish his GM uh, duties. He is getting older. Yeah. I've never understood the coach GM phenomenon uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the, when it comes to, when it comes to this stuff, I don't understand yeah. the full control. Parcells did it. Mm-hmm. He, he did it well. And I know Bill Jack, Bill Jack has, kind of duplicated it in that way um i think the one of the reasons why he had such good rapport i wouldn't say good rapport with tom brady was because he wanted to win just as badly as tom brady did yeah tom brady had that chip tom brady had that chip on his shoulder yeah from the from the get from the from from the jump 
that's why he was such a good that's why he was who he was for so long mm-hmm. and in a way bill belichick was the same way i mean go back to his i don't know if Dusty, you're, you're old enough to remember this but bill belichick was coach of the cleveland browns yes he's yeah. coach of the cleveland browns from 19 i think it was 1992 to 1995 when they moved, yeah, when they moved because to, he was they moved the, to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the coach of their last, and and he had he had a coaching staff in there. I mean, he Nick did. Saban was on that coaching yep. staff. He was the defensive coordinator of that staff. Yeah, um, that, that group. Yeah, there there was a lot. There was Thomas Dimitrov was was working there, uh, and he Scott put together. A, yeah, and he put together a pretty good team and Carl Banks joined him signed with him when when uh he went when Belichick went over there he managed he managed to bring over uh he managed to bring back uh Carl Banks with him he signed Benny Testaverde and helped yep, resurrect his career that. had Eric Metcalf one of the greatest one of the greatest return specialists of all time had a really decent team but he just couldn't work things out and then when Cleveland was sold was was announced they were moving to, the Browns announced they were moving to Baltimore he was let go, and they brought in Bill. They brought in, I think it was Billick, Brian Billick. Mm, yes, Brian Billick was, yeah. I believe, the first head coach in Ravens. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Belichick went and joined Parcells in New England. Went to the Jets with him. Was the coach of the Jets for about a handful of hours before he yeah. wrote a napkin. No, screw this. I'm out of here. I'm going to New England, <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. So you got two guys with chips on their shoulders wanting to prove that they could do this and they did it they won six to their credit they won six super bowls together but mm-hmm. now with mac jones i think you should give mac jones a chance but yes. i think belichick before long i think i th- I don't think i think belichick has only maybe two three seasons and i think he calls it quits yeah. that's when mac jones's contract uh i wouldn't say it doesn't exp- it, that's when mac jones's rookie deal is uh is completed Mm-hmm. So I think once Mac Jones's deal is completed, I think Belichick is done. My humble okay. opinion. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Rice Stradamus again. Shall we? You know, shall we airmark the calendar for three years from now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one more thing before we wrap things up. First, we want to talk about a new affiliate sponsor with no credentials required. That is Caldera Labs. Very exciting news. They are new. They are a new sponsor for our show. Say goodbye to the generic face wash on your counter because Caldera Lab is here to save the day when it comes to your skin. Backed by a leading clinical trial, will nine out of ten men experience healthier and visibly improved skin? Caldera Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence. And today, yes, today, we have an exclusive offer for our audience. You can try Caldera Lab. You can try Caldera Lab for your skin needs. Go to calderalab.com forward slash no creds. It's Caldera Lab, C-A-L-D-E-R-A lab.com forward slash no creds. You can get yourself a deal with 20% off their best products. And I got to tell you, I've, I've tried some of their products and look, I'm uh, look, I'm not, I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> As a man in his mid forties, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my, my darndest to take care of myself physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And those are the four pistons that make life go. And physically is one of those pistons. So, you know, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to brag on myself a little bit. 
I'm officially down 50 pounds since December 2021. Hey, I feel congratulations. great. I, I, I feel, thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel great, but skincare is just as important as taking care of your uh, your food intake, your sleep, your exercise. Skincare is also equally as important. And I've tried some of these products, and they're excellent products. The face wash is great. The serum, the eye serum is awesome. The night serum is just as great. So you want to get yourself a great tool for your skincare needs. So again, go to calderalab.com forward slash no creds and unlock a special offer for 20% off your order. Help the show. Take my word for it. Great products. You you don't want, you don't want to go. You're not going to go wrong with these, uh, these products. So we're going to have a, we're going to conclude this particular recording with, a fun little topic. What is one event or what is one event in sports history you would change? And I kind of threw this at Dustin a few hours before <laughs> it went on air. And I, and my apologies for that. Cause I'm trying to think of a good topic for a discussion. And, it's a great one. And I was, well, and I'll tell you my reason. I've got several on my mind, but Dustin, I want to hear yours. Uh, you are thinking of what, is one event in sports history that you would change? All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat here. I'll keep it I'll keep it uh, relatively short because I am very curious to hear what you what you've cooked up. Uh, but I will say, the first thing that came to my mind when you when you asked me about this, and this is purely selfish reasons. Okay, <laughs> purely selfish reasons. I would change the the Wayne Gretzky trade. I would. So I would I would get into Peter Pocklington's mind and I would say, pay Wayne Gretzky. He's going to be the absolute man. You want him in Edmonton. You can win so many more Stanley Cups. Keep him there. He wants to be there. The city wants him there. Don't trade him to the L.A. Kings. Now, there are some people that would argue that his trade to the Kings elevated the sport of hockey because he was on a larger stage and it helped it helped uh, make L.A. a hockey town for a, for a, a brief moment there. Yeah, it, and they changed, had- it changed it changed the trajectory of the popularity NHL of the NHL forever. Yeah, mind. yeah. Which which this is why I said complete selfish reasons. <laughs> I can only, as an Oiler fan, I can only dream what could have happened if Wayne Gretzky had been able to stay in Edmonton. So that that was the first event that came to my mind um, that I said, hey, we should change. My honorable mention, I'm keeping it real quick because I think they were done dirty. This is no offense to Oklahoma and the fans of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think you deserve a team. I just don't think you should have been able to steal another cities. I think the Sonics should still be in Seattle. I think it would have been – Thank you. You would have had Kevin Durant in Seattle, and let's just put Sonic they, uniforms. Technically, they did. For yeah, like they one did. Season. Yes, for one for season. Yes, for one season. There's pictures of them out there in a Sonics uniform. There mm-hmm. is – but you would have had Kevin Durant in Seattle, and then let's let's say they stayed in Seattle, but they drafted the same. You would have had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and a young Kevin Durant in Seattle. It would have it would have electrified the NBA to have those three on the same team in a market like Seattle. Who knows what could have happened? I, for one, and I think there still should be a basketball team in Seattle. I hope they get their Sonics back one day. But that's my honorable mention. 
You know what's funny is that David Stern, after they announced that they were moving to Oklahoma City, said, yeah, we're going to bring a team back to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And the NHL said, hold my beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary did. was like, hold my beer. Yeah. And I think it's still laughable that the NHL has a team in Seattle and NBA does not. Yeah. It's ridiculous Terrible. because because the NBA went through all those painstaking things to say, okay, the records are going to stay with the Sonics. The Sonics logo and everything are going to stay. The colors are going to stay so that when you have a team again. So so you get, you get Sonics fans all hopeful and they're like, oh, maybe, well, it should have never been taken away from us in the first place. But maybe we could have like a resurgence like the NFL did with the Cleveland Browns. Like they just come back a little later. And it hasn't gone great for the Browns uh, since that happened, but but at least they still have a team. You know, yeah. the, the the city of Seattle is still stuck without a team. And as you said, it's laughable because there was that whole debacle over that was half of Clay Bennett's reasoning, even though he just wanted the team in Oklahoma City from the jump. But he was like, "Oh, the arena, key arena, is not fit to 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 host a modern NBA team." And and uh, we can't upgrade it. And uh, we just need Seattle. You need you need a new arena. Well, the NHL got it done. It's ridiculous. Yep. It's yep. ridiculous. Yeah, they did. So NBA. <laughs> my I have two. The first one is I would redo Super Bowl 20. The, the reason why is because I, I watched the replay the other day. Uh, of that Super Bowl, the 46 defense of the Bears, the Bears yeah. absolutely destroying New England Patriots. Okay. But the biggest reason why I would replay that game is because Walt, so Walter Payton could get a touchdown. Ah. They tried yeah. so hard to yeah. get Walter Payton his chance to go to the end to, to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't do it. And it broke my heart because I remember watching – the documentary, the eight of five bears, the 30 for 30, the 85 bears, which is one of my favorite, favorite uh, 30 for 30 documentaries, yeah, along with King, along with King's Ransom. I'm not sure if you've ever watched King's Ransom. Oh, that was I have. The first, that was yeah. the first 30 for 30. That yep. was the first ever 30 for 30 when Peter Berg broke down the Wayne Gretzky trade that happened. Yep. Uh, I was they, there. I was there day one to watch that. As soon as I heard that it was about the Gretzky trade, I was there. I was like, I'm watching this. I was 12 days short of turning 11 years old when that happened. So I oh, remember wow. the day it happened because it was on. It was so important because it was on NBC Nightly News. That's how important it. That's how big the news yeah. was. Yeah. I remember I was sitting in a, uh, at my house and we we're eating dinner and I saw like Wayne Gretzky traded to the Los Angeles Kings. I'm like, huh? yeah. so, <laughs> so yeah, Walter Payton getting his touchdown. The other sports event I would change is game six of the 2001 Stanley Cup final. Because the Devils would have won back-to-back Stanley Cups. If they had shown up that game at Continental Airlines Arena, at that time it was called Brendan Byrne Arena, if they had shown up for that game, it would have been complete, completely different history. Also, I would have, I would have also had the Devils trade for Ray Bork in 2000. <laughs> oh yeah, because he would have won a Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils and not the Colorado. Not Avalanche. the Abs, yeah, yeah. No, you, you. Those are those are good ones. And hey, you're you're bringing you're bringing to mind um, you're bringing to mind a couple a couple more that I forgot about. I would like to just change the outcome 
of the final, the the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup, and the NBA Finals, respectively, in the year 2006. Because <laughs> in the year 2006, do you know what happened? Yeah, Seattle lost to the to the Steelers. Correct. The Oilers lost to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Correct. What was the other one? The Dallas Mavericks lost to the Miami Be- Miami Bennett Salvatores. Sorry, I mean the Miami Heat. <laughs> <laughs> they, they lost. Dwayne Wade was getting so many calls, and and I will say you should never do it. You should never do it. But Dallas came out on fire that that series. They were they were up. I forget I forget how many games they were up, but they had a commanding lead in the NBA Finals, and then they were planning they were planning the parade route. And it came out that they were planning the parade route. So that oh. that's on that's on Dallas. That's on that's Dallas on for that. That's but on Mark you, Cuban for that. <laughs> but but you gotta give I mean, go back and watch some of the 2006 NBA finals, the games, games, games uh five and six, I believe. Dwayne Wade was getting Bennett Salvatore. If Dwayne Wade got breathed on on his way to the heat, Bennett on the way to the hoop, Bennett Salvatore was like foul. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> It was crazy. So I would like to change each each uh, championship game from 2006. Yeah, but you got him back in 2011. Yeah, we did. We did, and that was the that was the more sweet one. That was my, the more sweet one. My other, I think my other honorable my other honorable mention is the 1982 AFC Championship, and I keep saying to this day, I think Don Shula is still laughing in hell. From the fact that he didn't cover up the field of the Orange Bowl uh, when it torrential in torrential downpours the night before, and that messed up the Jets' chances of winning the AFC Championship. Yeah, uh, man. Never forgive him. Never. Forgive yeah. Him. I mean, and and nice, uh, you know, nice insinuation that Don Shula's in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that one. Because you just kind of slid it in. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope they serve a lot of steak down there. <laughs> Make sure it's well done. Yeah. You're not going to a shoeless steakhouse anytime I'm soon. Probably not. I'm probably not welcome there either. <laughs> Well, folks, we're going to wrap things up in just a moment. But before we do that, we just want to remind you about our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and yeah, even TikTok at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ for watching live or you're watching on replay. We appreciate you. On the audio side, subscribe to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, or wherever you podcast. Rate and review. We may even read it on the air. And if you're watching the replay, leave us a comment too. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. We love our fan. Fans. (laughs) 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 So for Dustin Henry, my broadcast partner, my name is Ryan McCarthy, and we are the hosts of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. We will let you know when we're going to broadcast next. But but in the meantime, whatever you ce- however you celebrate, whether you're celebrating Passover, whether you're celebrating Easter, or you're just hanging out and just being cool. Thank you for joining us. 
Oh, and Wanko the Saint says, love you guys. We love you too, Wanko. Thank hey, you for joining thanks us. for tuning in, Wanko. We Great appreciate to see you. you. But we'll let you know when we're going to be recording or live streaming next. Uh, but that's why you want to stay tuned to our social media channels so you know when we're going to be on. But in the meantime, have a great weekend. Be safe out there. And we'll talk to you again very soon. Good night, everybody.